This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Our guest today on the telephone is Sean Mercer, the District Manager at the Social Security Administration. If you have a question about Social Security, uh, don't wait to call. It's always a busy day, so jump on the phone lines early. Sean will let us know what we can accomplish on the Social Security website as well. The phone number to call in with your question or personal finance question is one 877 MPB ring. It's one 672 or send an email money at mpbonline.org. So good morning to you both. Hope you're doing well. Good morning. Nancy, I hope you enjoyed your time off and refreshed and ready to go. Well, it was, let's call it time away. Because <laughs> okay. um, I was working while I was away, but I okay. wasn't here. And, and um, uh, I know Ryder did a great job stepping in. I gave her all the weird, complicated things to do so that... I wouldn't. She wouldn't come in and check in on me. Yeah, our, our favorite. I think I like. They like it when I'm out of the uh, office. Well, yeah, yeah. well, the boss away, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. She, she's she still intercoms into our offices though, so it's not like we're that far away. <laughs> it's Big Brother. What are you doing there, Ryder? <laughs> Put that down. <laughs> uh, we had fun. We uh, Ryder and I, neither one uh, married with children, did the show on uh, child care costs. So that was uh, that was a lot yeah. Fun. We yeah we nailed Such it. Experts. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, financial news in the news. I, did I hear correctly that the correction has almost all been made up? Is that right? Uh, basically, yeah. And and a lot Except of people, for today. Oh, I, I I didn't I didn't peek today. Um, a lot of people. I mean, again, we kind of talked about how January. I mean, there was a huge run up, and then the correction really just kind of erased January and, and a little bit more, um, and then kind of a bounce. A lot of it has bounced back from there. So, um, but be aware that what we think we're going to be facing going forward is just a lot more volatility. That means uh, we'll have those big down days and then a big swing back up, and so it's going to be bouncing a lot. You just need to stick to your plan and keep your cool. And I think that's kind of a recurring theme on the show is that you can't overreact to either high highs or low lows when you're in the investment game. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, keeping your, your investment goals in mind. But that's easier said than done if you're retired. Because, you know, when, once you're retired, you're feeling like, hey, I have earned the last penny I'm going to earn. This is all I have. So if you see it shrinking, boy, that's a really tough thing to deal with. Uh, if you can't get to the phone, you can always email us a question, a personal finance question or something for our guest, Sean Mercer. The email address is money at mpbonline.org. Well, we wait for Sean to get on the phone. I think we do have uh, an email there. So, Well, this is a question uh, from a listener who is already collecting Social Security. And so we'll also uh, let Sean weigh in on some mm. of this. But um, this person is now working in retirement, and that's become very common lately. People are continuing to work, whether it's because they enjoy doing that or they, they need to supplement their income. So the question is, can I defer any of that income? Can I put it in a retirement account? And the answer is yes, you can. You can use an IRA. You can contribute up to 6500 a year if you have earnings that at least match that. You can also contribute 
contribute to an employer retirement plan. So if your employer has a 401k or 403b, you can make use of it. Now, one thing that you might be facing is that money then may be subject to retire, excuse me, required minimum distributions once you hit 70 and a half. But up until that point, you can use that to really then uh, keep that away from Uncle Sam. So just because you, quote, unquote, officially have retired from maybe your main job, your career, does not mean that Mm -hmm. you cannot invest in retirement accounts. Exactly. Exactly. It all depends on do you have W-2 earnings. Mm -hmm. So if you're working somewhere, part-time, full-time job, um, you can still participate in those retirement accounts. I think a good distinction, people often think, oh, I am no longer working. I am retired. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's how we think of retirement in a career sense. But in the IRS sense and in the Social Security sense, it's literally just hitting a certain age. Uh, Uh, The other thing that we run into all the time is when people start talking about when should I take Social Security, they confuse this or conflate these two with um, retirement. So taking Social Security and full retirement are two different issues. And so some people can retire and not take Social Security. They can delay. And some people can continue to work and take Social Security. So two different questions there. And just one thing about this, I know, Nancy, you didn't think this was a great idea, but it'd be a good question for uh, Sean when he gets on, is there is some kind of grace, some period you have after you first start taking your Social Security payments where you can kind of say, oh, whoops, I didn't mean to do that. I don't want to do that. Um, This guy's clearly an early retirement. Um, so if he ha- has just started taking his Social Security payments and maybe he's he just doesn't want to take them at all and let that continue to grow, I mean, that could be a very good idea for him. But it, it totally depends on your situation. And I, that's something that uh, Sean's going to have to well, give us a little more detail. I, I can on. see doing that if you had started your Social Security at 62 and you weren't thinking you would be going to work or working that much. And now you're working more. You're going over the limit. But um and and now you may be losing some of that Social Security. So there is that option. If you have a question about your Social Security situation, uh, our guest, Sean Mercer, we're anticipating him being on the phone lines in just a few minutes. Uh, the number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can always email the show money at mpbonline.org. Um, let's, uh, okay, let's uh, open the phone lines. We will start in Jackson. Frank has called in today. Good morning, Frank. You're on the air. Sorry, Frank. Uh, start again for us. We didn't catch your first part of what you said. Yeah, was uh, the lady involved in that brawl on the Carnival cruise ship? Me? <laughs> that wasn't me, Frank. No, I don't get down and dirty like that. Sounds you, like your kind of action. Anyway, no, I use my words. Now, uh, I apologize for being an educated cynic, but uh, the stock market is a great game if you can play it. If you're an individual investor, uh, you, you're not going to do but so well unless you have insider information. But the recent stock correction, which they used to call profit-taking, which is exactly what it was, it was profit-taking and, in my opinion, a show of power. Every stock on the stock market lost 5 or 
every stock. And the excuse was that, well, this was computerized training, uh, trading, and you have these protocols, which is true. But it is also a show of power to show that the 2,500 companies who control, uh, excuse me, 2,500 families, this is IRS information, who control the voting stock in the stock market, this flex their muscles to let everybody know, uh, Trump and all those other folks, that they could shut this country down anytime they want to. So uh, again, stock market is a great game if you can pay it, play it. If you're an individual investor, hook up with a fund like Pioneer or something like that. Um, but I'm glad that the team is back. And uh, thanks, I know there's not much you can say to what I'm telling you, but no, I'm, I'm speechless. You're right. And profit taking. Thank you. Take care. Bye. All right, uh, Frank. Thanks for uh, the only thing I will say I agree with him on is um, he addressed trying to be a stock picker, which is very difficult to do, um, and instead just purchasing the market, buying a mutual fund or an exchange-traded fund so you get exposure to the whole market. Yeah, definitely don't view uh, investing, long-term investing, as a game. Um, it, is, it is definitely investment. What we're talking about is setting something aside, accepting the risk that there is there, and, and, and kind of trusting that long-term growth, that long-term power of uh, American companies to continue making money over time. Um, yeah. Uh, we're having a little bit of trouble connecting with Sean Mercer from Social Security. Uh, so on the time for the time being, we're going to have to put Social Security questions on hold. Oh, no, I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> but we can still take your personal finance questions. And we do have some open phone lines at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 You can email the show. It's money at mpbonline.org. One thing I learned uh, about uh, taxes uh, this year is that uh, fewer and fewer places are actually sending out required tax forms. I know for my mutual fund, I finally had to go online and found the form there. But uh, Yeah, the assumption with many of them is that you've already set up an account and it's available electronically. Also, a lot of those have uh, been taking longer and longer because what happened in 2011, they started being required to record the cost basis, which is just a ridiculous thing that they hadn't been required to record that before because they are the ones in the position who can do that the best. Um, and so instead of just being like, okay, great, we're going to plug that into our spreadsheet and send it on in you know an appropriate amount of time, they started using that as an excuse to delay things, which is really just a huge hassle for anybody who who's just trying to get their taxes done because uh, they've started using that as an excuse to delay two two weeks, uh, a month, whatever. And, and it's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, but that's why a lot of, a lot of delays have, have been happening as well. And I'm, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I usually get a re- refund. And so obviously if you getting money back from the government, you want that as soon as possible. So, uh, a friend of mine finally, cause I said, you know, I'm not getting this form in the mail. And then a friend of mine said, well, you ought to go online and see if you can find it. And sure enough, once I created an account, there it was. So, um, also if you think maybe, uh, a form has not gotten to you, you can call your fund company and they could probably uh, email a form to you so you can get it very quickly. Okay. Let's take a quick break. When we get back, uh, we will continue taking personal finance questions. We hope to be able to connect to Sean Mercer, District Manager at Social Security Administration, before the hour is over. In the meantime, though, as I said, personal finance questions at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Back with more after this. 
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Uh, we are looking for your personal finance questions this morning. We were trying to get Sean Mercer, District Manager for Social Security Administration, on the phone line. We've not been able to connect. We are still trying to do that. So hopefully we'll be able to get uh, Social Security questions before the hour is over. But in the meantime, we do have uh, two experts here to help you with your personal finance situation. Open phone lines at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 If you're not near a phone, you can email the show money at mpbonline.org. So during the break, Nancy, we're talking about I did not know of this uh, cruise ship uh, brawl that Frank was mentioning. I thought I thought it was a metaphor for the stock market correction no. when I first mentioned no. it. I am clearly not that? up on my very important oh, news of the day. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, they actually had people rolling on the floor. They took people off. I'm surprised this doesn't happen. What did they just chuck them off? Well, no, they they (laughs) said, you need to get off and go home. I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often. And they were telling other guests uh, who were being um, um, a little uh, harassed uh, to stay in their rooms. I mean, it was just a big mess. I mean, why would you behave like that? So you were but, saying it was a family that was on board that was causing uh, Well, the... apparently there was a large family that were pretty, they were pretty raucous. I mean, you're just cooped up on this boat. Everybody. Tensions are high. It's uh, carnival, so everyone's probably... flowing. It's carnival, so everyone's probably already got like a little bit of food poisoning anyway, you know? <laughs> oh, the engine is probably, <laughs> the engine, pro- one of the engines that probably broke down. Like, there's all kind of things going wrong already. I can easily see how this happened, and I'm shocked it doesn't happen far more often. Well, you know... How many thousands of people are on those ships? And you know, it's just because nobody's happen. nobody's willing to pay the like fifty dollars for internet to to tweet out the video of it happening. They, uh, that they could have a, the plank like an old pirate ship. So if someone's being oh, rowdy, you just kind of make them just walk the plank right off, off the uh, off the edge there. But yeah, I mean, I could see where that because obviously, as Ryder said, you're all pretty much once you get out to sea, you're pretty much all together in a confined space. So I could see where uh, tempers might flare. So <laughs> uh, we're looking for your personal financial questions. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 An email address is money at mpbonline.org. So as we near tax time, if people have not gotten in gear, uh, what might be some things to make sure that they're headed in the, in the proper direction? I guess, is, is it April 15th this year? Do we have some sort of thing that makes it a different day. Mm, let me look at the calendar. Mm, let's see when that day falls. Uh, um, the past uh, couple of years it has been, that's been like a Friday or Saturday, yeah. so they bump it to the next um, Bear week. in mind that the middle of February, uh, as Ryder mentioned, we have this extended deadline for getting all those tax forms out. So that's really important. It's just to gather your forms. Um, and I'd like to, um, I have just a little slot where I keep anything that comes in during the year. If there's a donation, I just pop that paperwork in there. 
there. And so it's all in one place. When I'm ready to file my taxes, I can pull everything out and move along. And for most people, you're going to have some standard things that you do every year. So you can go back and look at what you did the previous year and just find that information, realizing, well, I still have that savings account and there's some interest on that. I need to report all of those things. Um, There's going to be a difference now with the next year. Remember, we don't have the uh, double deduction this year. So all of that will not flow through until you do your taxes in 2019. So we're still dealing with a lot of people who are going to be itemizing. And, uh, yeah, now those big tax changes kick in next year. And I know that... uh I guess in state government, you're actually paid sort of a month behind. So I'm I'm anxious to see what changes are in my paycheck uh, this uh, at the end of this month due to the new tax uh, law that was passed. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, what I've been I ran the numbers for a lot of different kind of income levels, and it looks like roughly around a three percent boost in a lot of paychecks. I mean that number varies depending on your income level, but a nice little boost. So I'd encourage everybody to go ahead and put an extra two percent in your four hundred one k this year. Yes, and you'll still still get a raise. You'll still get a raise. Because we've talked about that before. If you get some sort of financial windfall, and and I think you've always had good advice on this, Nancy, it's, you know, don't go hog wild and spend it all on something. Don't be too Mm -hmm. prudent and put it all in savings, but put a good chunk in savings or investment, but do give yourself a little bit extra. And the other thing, the other caution here is the way this law is set up, these cuts are set to be temporary. Now, the assumption is they will be made permanent, but we don't know that. And so my worry is that everybody's just going to incorporate that in their regular budget. And then um, if they don't get made permanent, then, wow, that's a big uh, hole in your budget at that point. I know I had I had competing emails of people offering me free returns. I know some of the, the major uh, tax preparing companies seem to be going that route. Um, and I'm just curious, how, how, how do they make money on something like that? <laughs> I mean, harvesting pr- your personal data. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's real. So they're selling me to the dark oh, web now. Yeah. Information about you. Yeah. And, and here's the thing with, um, you know, I think we've talked about this with um, things like Mint, which uh, monitors all of your expenditures. They have the most valuable information. They actually know what you spend, how much you spend it, and, and what when. time of day yes. you spend it. Are you hitting up lows every weekend? Like, think of how yes, easy, are at my house. <laughs> easy the advertising opportunity is. Like, be like, hey, hey, Lowe's, I know a guy who spends $1,000 at Home Depot every, every month. Do you want to advertise to him? How much are you going to pay me to tell him that there's a Lowe's around the corner? Um, so things like that. With, with taxes, one, they all have extra services. Um, the the big one into it. They also do. They also make a lot of really good um, bookkeeping software. Um, a lot of freelancers use them. They have some pretty easy bookkeeping solutions. They also do Mint. So they're trying to rope you into their larger suite of products where they just get more information and sell you more ads. Um, but they are also you, with your taxes. You do get some specific information like are you contributing to an IRA um, and various deductions where they're for very 
very specific things. You know, did you put weather stripping in your windows this year? Um, maybe they're going to say if you didn't, they'll sell you some weather stripping next year. So um, things like that. They're, they get information on you. They introduce you to their bigger suite of products. Um, that's how they do it. Okay, we've gotten in touch with Sean Mercer. He is going to call in in just a few minutes. In the meantime, though, why don't we take this uh, call before we go to the break? And so we'll get uh, Zach in Jackson on the line. Zach, good morning. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Um, I just had a question. Um, this is my first year to file taxes on my own, and I'm, t- I'm supposed to have a code to actually get my tax refunds, but I haven't received that yet. I was wondering if you could tell me how to get that. Um, there used to be an IRS app. Is that what you signed up under, or did you go to the website? I went to the website. And did you do free file? Yes, ma'am. Okay, and so that's where uh, a code was generated at that time, correct? Right. Okay. Um, and so you're asking how do you put your code in to find out where it is in the process? Right. Um, I, the last I knew, it, there was an app... Now, I don't know if it's current, and you could, through the app, check check the status of your refund to see where you were in line, how soon it was going to go out to you. Okay. So I would try that first. That would make sense that they would still be using that. Also, Zach, I think on the IRS website there is uh, something you can click that says "Where is my refund?" and then you have to you have to have some information. You have to know your adjusted gross income. I think from your, you have to have some information from your tax return so they know you're really you. But I've used that okay. in the past before, and it seems to be you know they'll say it's been processed and it'll tell you where it is because I know one year mine was delayed for some reason, and so I, that was a very helpful tool. But just I think like say on the irs.gov, uh, just look for "Where is my refund." And I think that should uh, give you some of the information you're looking for. All right. Thank you all so much. All right. Thanks for the call. Okay. Let's do that uh, break now. Uh, when we get back, hopefully Sean Mercer will be with us and we'll be looking for your Social Security questions. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. 
Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We've heard from Sean Mercer. Unfortunately, his kid got hit in the face with a baseball last night. That's so scary. He's Ooh. having to deal with that. We certainly understand that. Uh, if we can't get him on today, Sean is really good. The next time he has some availability, he will come on the air. And he really we wish them knows, well. Yes. That's a scary thing. Uh, and he knows what he's talking about. So that's it's always... Uh, and we don't when it comes to Social Security. <laughs> We're dangerous. So we are going to put those Social Security questions on hold. But again, if you have a personal finance question, you can give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Our email address is money at mpbonline.org. So if you want to participate but aren't near a telephone, go ahead, send us an email. We'll see if we can get you some information. So, Nancy, before the break, we were talking about the, the idea of the the tax uh, uh, the new tax law and that uh, people are probably discovering more money uh, in their paychecks. Uh, um, uh, yeah, so we hope it's not being eaten up by uh, increases in other areas, which I actually saw my MC check. Um, But if you have a little extra or you're looking at a refund coming to you, or maybe you've got both, then this is just a good time to look at what can I do with this money instead of just having it just disappear, you know, right through your fingers, getting spent on all kinds of things. Be deliberate about this. So one of the main things, and Ryder mentioned this, this is a great time to increase what you're putting in your 401k. So um, jump in and um, add at least 1%. Mm-hmm. Two would be better, right? Yes. Um, and, and a lot of 401ks have a feature where you can automatically increase every year. Um just make sure when this happens, because I've, I've seen this with some uh, where your 401k account online, where you maybe go in, adjust your investments, adjust your contributions, isn't necessarily hooked up quite perfectly with your company's HR. This happens kind of often. So if you do change your withholding and you log in online to do that, make sure that it's actually going through onto your paycheck. You know, just, you know, pop an email to whoever does your payroll and say, hey, you know, up to my... 401k to 12%, could you just make sure that, you know, y'all have updated y'all's records? Because you wouldn't want that. You wouldn't want to do your updating and then find out just somebody dropped a ball somewhere. Um, And there's this misconception out there that the most you can contribute to your 401k is the matching amount. And certainly you want to at least do whatever your employer is matching because that's free money. But that's not the most by law. So, Ryder, you want to uh, refresh everyone's uh, memory about how much every year you can put in a 401k. You can put like 18500 And I think the limit is going up in 2019. Um, and that's a 401k. So a 401k has has the the, the largest benefit. Um, the individual can can defer that eighteen. 18,000, possibly 18,500. And, and if you're over 50, you get an extra like 6,000 to around uh, 24,000 on the 401k uh, or any kind of uh, 401k type. I think um, I think the governmental version of 401ks, uh, forget which series of 459Bs, maybe 459 something. Um, I think that also has the same limit. 
for a simple IRA that it is uh, $12,500 or uh, you get an extra $1,000 if you're um, for the for the catch up. And then your personal IRAs has the lowest amount, but that's kind of, you know, anyone can do that. And that's 5500 or again, $1,000 for uh, the, the, the catch-up contribution if you're close to retirement. So if you're adding money into your investment pot, as it were, um, is it a better idea to maybe add to the existing investments you have, or would this be a good time to think about diversifying and getting into maybe some other types of options? Well, I think it's a good time to take a look at what you're invested in. And if it just makes your eyes roll back in your head, then call somebody, get some independent help to look at that list. We call it the plan menu. These are the options for you to invest in and help you choose a set of funds. The other thing is that, um, you know, you may have started working there in your 20s. Now you're in your late 30s. And so you're... um, asset allocation maybe should be different. You you might need to add some different types of funds. Um, if you're using a target retirement fund, though, it should be changing with you as you age. So you don't need to add anything else to it. You just keep going and plowing it all in. We've got some open phone lines. If you have a personal finance question, the phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can always email the show, money at mpbonline.org. Our producer, Liz Gill, uh, got us uh, some money-saving tips for February. Uh, and one of them says that uh, because of... Uh, Valentine's Day during February, that a lot of grocery stores had ordered extra meat and seafood, so that uh, because of those romantic dinners that Ooh. were cooked up on the fourteenth, so well, get some old steaks on discount. <laughs> 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 My grocery store apparently went all in on the roses, uh-huh. and I don't know if love was just not in the air. But I walked into Kroger this weekend, and there's a whole bank of roses for five dollars a bunch. So wow. I have roses on my table Ooh. now. And I learned in Mardi Gras season, probably not a good idea to buy a supermarket king cake that's been on the uh, the quick sale uh, shelf. But it still mm. has the baby in there. Right, right. So, um, and actually, the the one piece, I actually, for the first time ever, actually bit into, not, well, didn't crunch or anything, but the baby was in my slice, the first slice of the king cake, mm. and I got the baby. So, then everyone else was like, oh, great, we can dive right in then, because it's now free and clear. Uh, we've got a caller on the line, so why don't we invite Charles from Jackson into the show? Good morning, Charles. Charles, uh, need to turn your radio down and talk to us through the phone, please. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Um, my question is, what's the on the IRAs? What's your experience as the as it relates to the rate of return that individuals get on IRAs annually? And thank you for. And I'll hang up and listen. All right. Thanks for the call, Charles. Well, um, an IRA is not an actual investment or security. Just a name on the box. Exactly. An IRA is just a particular type of account registration. Sometimes I tell folks it's like, you know, um, Mr. Kevin Farrell versus 
Mr. Ryder Tap. Well, yeah, I mean, people who a lot of people under, use the envelope system for budgeting or kind right. of, you know, understand that. And so think of the IRA as just another envelope. That's a good, you know, good it's way to do it. it, you know, that it's that deduction that you fir- put it. You, you, it should be the first one that you the first envelope that you put money into. Um, it's just instead of into a paper envelope that goes into an account that um, is held at a brokerage or a bank. Well, what the return will be on that account depends on the investments or securities you choose within the account. So if you open an IRA down at the bank and you have a certificate of deposit, you're going to earn what CDs earn. Next to nothing. Yes. Um, If you open it at a mutual fund, for instance, you open a Vanguard IRA and you choose their Vanguard 500 index, then your return is going to track the S&P 500. So it depends on what you choose within that account. And um, it depends on where you open that account as to what they will offer you, what you can purchase within the IRA. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're looking for your personal finance questions this morning. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. So, Ryder, if the, if the uh, week-old steak uh, left over from Valentine's Day is not good for you, you can buy what's in season. Apparently, lots of uh, vegetables in season this time of year. So good deals on broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage. Kale, rutabagas, turnips. Uh, so mm, this might be winter uh, veg. <laughs> is my, is asparagus in season? Because I have seen some deals on asparagus lately. I thought it was. Can we just turn this show into the asparagus show, guys? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, it was being advertised advertised on a billboard. Uh, Sowing asparagus deals, and then I went somewhere else, and they were. Uh, it seemed like they were price matching on the asparagus. <laughs> Everyone just got the memo. Hey guys, asparagus is going to be one nineteen this week. Every Everyone get the memo. Asparagus war. That's uh, that's well, yeah. that's other thing though. Is apparently the cabal that runs all of our grocery stores is working together to fix the price of the asparagus. I think that's they're fixing the storm it. Off, we've got awfully low for us though. I, I like it. I like asparagus and sushi, but other than that, I can't really deal with. Okay, that. Ryder. Uh, asparagus is available year round, but spring is the best season for fresh asparagus. <laughs> Crops are harvested from February to June, with April being the prime month, but I guess they're trying to get the jump on it. All right, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. We've got a, we often have that with our a, Easter meal. Ah. Yeah. But the right. crop is good. All right, we've got a... Yeah, we do have a call. Uh, we haven't gotten through the line yet. We'll get to that call in just a minute. Uh, one other one that's interesting, uh, if you're interested in buying a new TV, apparently February is a good month. Uh, the, you know, they, the TV sales are big in January for the Super Bowl and after Christmas and that sort of thing. Aside from Black Friday... And then everyone returns their TV because no <laughs> yeah. one actually intended to buy a new TV. <laughs> they just got it for the big game. But it says, aside from Black Friday, this is one of the prime times to buy a new TV. So if you've been wanting to upgrade to that 50-inch TV, uh, clear some space in your living room. Uh, but don't buy that TV with your uh, tax refund. Put money in your savings account. That's the other thing I want people to do, is this is a great time for you to start beefing up your emergency savings account. Speaking of savings, I think our uh, caller, Vic, might want to talk about that. Vic, good morning. You're on the air. Hey, y'all doing? This is the first time calling, but I like I like your program. I'm so glad you're calling. Where are Thanks you, Vic? Thanks for listening. 
I'm a truck driver, and I'm in Louisiana. I'm heading on I-20 towards Texas. Well, right. you be careful out there. What you, What do you need from oh, us? Oh, he's heading away from us. Talk quick. <laughs> yeah, listen, my question is, uh, I, got an, I got an IRA about three years ago, but when I bought it, uh, I put the money in the bank, and then they went ahead and did everything. Well, the people they invested it with sent me a letter saying that uh, my money was not going to be insured. There was no FDIC. Uh, there was like, if they lose it, well, then I'm just out of uh-huh. money. Wait a and so I called the guy, and I said, wait a minute. I didn't want something like this. this I didn't want, I'm 70 years old. I'm not interested in a risk factor. <laughs> and, and he goes, well, it's too late because we've already done this. Oh, is, I have no recourse? Yes, you do. You do. You can complain. Now, that doesn't mean that they can necessarily pull it all back out. Okay, so but you can complain. Yeah, and 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 one thing I'm thinking is that uh, this that specific language you mentioned, um, not FDIC insured, da 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 da. That's at the bottom of statements of pretty much any mutual fund or any any stock investment account. So. I would have a little closer look of what you're invested in. I mean, they could have put it in a bond fund, and they would say that. Um, they could have even just put it in individual bonds, and it would still say that. So, you know, look a little bit more closely. And what you want to do is have maybe have a sit-down chat with whoever is kind of in charge of it at your bank and say, you know, I really want to go over, you know, what my, uh, what my risk appetite is and just say, I don't want to take risk. I want to be very conservative with this. And so he'll be able to put you in something that is appropriate for that, even if it's not a just a cash thing. The only thing that's going to be FDIC insured is going to be cash earning hardly any interest. So, well, my question would be, um, can is it worth more now? Is it, Vic? Yes. Yes. Okay. And so the okay the other question would be: you need to ask the banker if you take it out, if you cash it out and take it out, are there penalties involved? Okay. And will you be able to get what's actually showing up on your statement? Because my worry is they've stuck you in an annuity. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got I got one more question. Can I ask you one more? Go for it. Uh, uh, we get we got a second house that we're getting ready to sell, and uh, we're going to get back uh, probably about six, maybe seven thousand dollars more than what we than what we originally had paid for it. So uh, uh, you know we we've got we're showing a profit in the sale of the house, all right. Is there anything I can do to take that money and invest it into something else without having to pay a tax on it? Well, was that house a primary residence for anybody in your family? Yeah, my son. He died. Okay. Um, so Did, were you the owner of the house? No, I gave it to him. And then when he died, it passed back to us. I okay. Okay. Yeah. So All right. Thing, you know, I'm sorry. So the value of the house on the date of his death is will will now be assumed as your cost basis, as mm-hmm. if that's what you paid for it. Okay. So my guess is, if you look at that value, you're not going to have much difference in that no. and what you're selling yeah. it. So you shouldn't right. have a capital gain to worry about. And and the great thing with real estate is you don't get a value on it every day. So exactly. if you sold it, you know, kind of fairly soon after his death, or you know, that is going to be your, you know, that price you sold at, it's probably your most 
most accurate value for the for the its value on that day. So yeah, well, what we were going to do is we we're going to put the money into uh, a, a CD mm-hmm. and uh, set up a program at the church to kind of do something in his memory. Mm-hmm. But That's I didn't know nice. we had to pay a tax on it. No, and especially if you're doing, I mean, if you were donating that all, turning around and donating that all to charity, um, you know, which is, uh, that's a fantastic idea. Um, well, we couldn't take nothing. That was, you know, man, that'd break my heart doing something like, you know, mm-hmm. anything other than that. Yeah. All right, Vic. You know, thank you so much. You all right. Take care and have a great day. Be Thanks. careful out there. Thanks for the call, Vic. Sorry and, for your loss. And, and that the donating to charity. I mean, there's a lot of, of of things around donating to charity. If that's something you're at all interested in, there's a lot of different things we can do with that. And and one thing, when you have a house, and uh, in his case, his plan was to donate the proceeds to charity. What may make sense sometimes is to donate the house to the charity, and then the charity sells it. Um, that would ease up, especially any worries you have about the transaction. Now, granted, they might not work as hard as you to get a good price on it. Um, they might take a little longer than you might like to do it. But especially if it's a charity like your church where you kind of you know who's dealing with it, you can essentially just like change the name on the on the title of the house and then, you know, work with them to sell it. Um, that's a fantastic idea. And the charity, you know, doesn't have any sort of taxable consequences there. Um, so, you know, shout out to Vic for doing that. That's a really great thing. Okay. We need to take one final break before we go, though. One other thing to think about, uh, winter products. With winter winding down, stores will be looking to unload their inventories of cold weather products. So if you need a new jacket, now might be the good time to get one. The only drawback is, obviously, you have to wait almost a year before you get to, to wear it. Well, that's right. Then it's brand new all over again. We'll take one final break. When we get back, more Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. It's an open topic day for the rest of the show. We're looking for any personal finance questions that you have. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So I got something from the Deferred Comp uh, folks in the mail recently. 
and I think it was to me very difficult. Are to, you deferring more of your comp this year? Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I need to start <clears> doing <throat> that again. I I used to do it, because and I you have more in your paycheck now, right? right? Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, pressure's on, and you're going to get a refund. Pressure's on. Actually, I might do that because uh, I used to put money in there and I didn't, and so now it's just sitting there churning. But it seems to be more than what it was before. So I guess it's going well. I should hope so. The question is, though, they sent me a thing that said, "Hey, we're not offering this particular fund anymore." More. Right. Well, first of all, I went looking for my allocation, and I, I couldn't see where I had in, any of that fund investment. My, my question is this. If I don't do anything, are they obligated to move that to, to some other? Well, if you were invested in that fund that they no longer offer, what they're doing is telling you if you had that you know, if you had $1,000 in that fund, we're now moving it over to this other fund that closely matches that. Okay. Yeah. One that happened specifically in MDC, I think there was a specific bond fund. They just shifted to another one. And they will automatically do it if you have it, but they're just sending out that notification to everybody. And if you don't have it, you know, it just confuses people because well, yeah. it doesn't matter. Be, I, people do like, oh, what does this mean? Like, I never get mail from MDC, you know. So. Well, I, I, I don't look probably as close as I should. I do look at my statement, but this was... To me, this was a little bit difficult to follow. And so uh, I guess the other thing, though, is they're saying we're not doing this. So at this time, you could say I want fund A when if you don't do that, they will pick one out for you. And that's similar to what you were doing. OK, that that makes me feel a bit better. I really because the way that was written, I thought, well, if I don't do something by X date, something horrible. I know is that's happen. when people usually call us and scan the letter and send it through. And we're like, this is nothing. OK, a yeah. couple of calls to get to. Let's start again uh, with Rose and her question this morning. Go ahead, Rose. You're on the air. Hi, I am 49 years old, recently divorced, and so all of my financial planning has changed. Right. Um, I currently have an amount of cash that needs to be reinvested, Mm -hmm. and of course I'm getting advice from a lot of different sources, and I would like your advice on this. Um, Particularly, I've heard you mention that annuities are not a good idea. Of course, I have someone trying to sell me an annuity. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'd like your thoughts on that. Don't have coffee with them anymore. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, And what is wrong with an annuity so that I can... Well, Stand my ground um, have this conversation. First of all, um, it's not wrong for everybody, mm-hmm. but it's right for only a very small slice of the population. And that slice has to already be in a very high income tax bracket. Um, they have to have already contributed everything they can possibly contribute to the 401ks, any other things they can use, and they can lock the money in for a long period of time. Do you fit that profile? No. Most people don't. All right? And so that's why you don't need to be in an annuity. They are high-expense products most of the time. They typically pay high commissions is the reason they get pushed on people. And they're very inflexible. Once you put your money in, it's very hard to get money out. And so if you're in a situation where everything has changed and you may need access to that money, this is going to be a wrong move for you. Now, in your divorce settlement, um, did you get retirement money? I got money for my retirement, yes. Okay, but, was it? But not, not, it's not in an IRA mm. or a 401k. It's just cash, right? Yes. All right, and so you are now on your own to come up with your own retirement plan using this money, correct? Yes. Are you working? Yes. And do you have an employer retirement plan? 
Um, yes. Okay. So you need to have one K. Right. You need to have conversations with somebody about the whole picture here, Mm -hmm. because what you may be able to do is use this cash to help you um, supplement your monthly income so that you can put a whole bunch of money in a 401k. And okay. so what you're doing is just moving it from one pot to another pot based on the tax laws. And you're accomplishing the goal of getting yourself ready for retirement. So you need to talk to somebody overall picture, looking at your Social Security situation. How long were you married? 17 years. Okay, so you will have the option of filing under your earnings or under your ex-husband's earnings when the time comes. So that needs to be part of the conversation. And what is it that you're trying to do? And what are your goals now? And even, you know, have you have you redone a will? Not yet. Yes. Do you have children? Do you have children? No, no. We don't have any children. Okay. But you still need to go back and and redo all of that paperwork and really come up with a brand new plan now that it's just you. and And based on your current earnings and your current retirement plan and how this money can help you get to that point. And... Who is the best person to talk to? About there's so many different kinds of financial advisors and well, I, I do think I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and say our bias is for fee only advisors, so that you're not dealing with somebody who is going to make a commission. It's very upfront. You know exactly what you're going to be paying, and you're paying it out of your money that you're giving to them, or you're paying them directly. And so there's no confusion about them pushing various products depending on how much they're going to get out of it. Uh And um, and I would suggest you talk to, um, you know, maybe CPAs to find out who they would recommend. They understand the difference between fee-only and commission and fee-based. And and I just want to highlight the kind of difference of how a – how a commission influences someone's someone's thinking. So, say you have you know a hundred thousand uh, dollars, and and you want to get that get that working for you. Um, someone who is selling an annuity that could come with, you know, I've seen them as I've seen them as high as like twelve percent uh, commission. That's crazy. And so that you know maybe a more realistic is say a six percent commission, or maybe it's not a six percent commission, but they're going to get a trip to Disneyland or something like that. I've heard of that before. That's common. I remember I remember talking to someone who. Wanted was like, well, she said she didn't get a commission on it, but she went on a two-week trip to Disneyland with all her family afterwards, and I think I paid for that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, ma'am, you did. Um, so if they have a 6% commission on that, you know, think of how what motivated that person is. If they can just get you to sign that paperwork, they get $6,000, and that's all they had to do. So that's how it affects your thinking. Okay. Rose, thanks for the call. William and Columbus, sorry we won't be able to get to your call before the end of the program because we are out of time. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash money talks. Our show is produced by Liz Gill and our call screener is Java Chapman. So for Nancy Lotridge-Anderson and Ryder Taft, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned up next at 10. It's in legal terms. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio. 